Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, this morning has been designated as an Element Sunday. For those of you who don't know what that is, what you just encountered and experienced is what our young people get every Wednesday night. I told the uh, the, the men that went on the retreat this weekend, uh, I know that Wednesdays get busy and, and all of that. But you ought to every once in a while, if you don't have teenagers in here on Wednesday night or college students here on Wednesday night, just about once or twice a year, just drive by on a Wednesday night, get out, stick your head in, and see what God is doing in this house. Uh, three Wednesday nights ago, they had 75 young people in here worshiping the Lord together. Amen. God's doing some great things, and young people are getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and called into ministry. It's been powerful, and a lot of that happens because of the leadership that we have at our church that love our young people. I preached a message. I was thinking about this. He said not to do an introduction. I'm going to do it anyway because uh, I can. I got the mic. Uh, uh, about, I don't know, six or seven months ago, I did a, a message, a series called All In. I talked about the, the need to buy in, to give everything that you got. And I can stand here today and tell you that, that our youth pastors, Woody and Jesse Burple, are all in. They are giving everything they've got. They're willing to make sacrifices to reach young people for the glory and the honor of the Lord. And that's what it's really about. And the Bible says that you should give honor to whom honor is due. We are going to become known as a people of honor. We will honor people when they serve faithfully. So I want you to give a huge passion welcome this morning to our youth pastor, Woody Burpo, as he brings the word. As long as you love Jesus more, that's all that matters. My mom is in the house, so, you know, she's shouting it up. And um, that's right. I got my own fan club right sitting back in that section right there. My aunt and uncle and people are here to see me. So um, I, uh, I have a word for you this morning. Is that all right? I hope you guys understand that as a minister, we don't just go, hey, man, what would be a good, good sermon to preach? No, we go in our prayer closets and I say, God, what's the word you want me to speak? What are the people that are going to be there on Sunday morning? What do they need to hear? And uh, I try to listen to him. I miss it sometimes, but we all miss it sometimes. But I believe that I really do have a word for you. I want to talk to you this morning about a speed trap. My mama can attest that I have struggled in this area in my past. And two weeks ago and... Let me just say that I was thankful when I turned 21 and got a drop in insurance, and I was thankful when I turned 25 and got a drop in insurance, and I'm waiting for 30, okay? So my insurance will go back down. But uh, I, uh, I won't begin to reveal to you that I've been pulled over more than 100 times. I will not tell you that, okay? And, um, but I got to tell you, the cops really hated me in my hometown. And uh, it's true. And um, something to do with my dad, and I'm not really sure what went on there, but I just know that I got pulled over nine times in one day. For the same thing, people. All right, listen, I'm telling you, if it was never my fault, it wasn't my fault, okay? I got pulled over nine times in one day because my tail light was out. All right, understand that they got to give you 48 hours to fix it. So they pulled me over the first time and gave me a ticket and eight other times to give me a warning. 
Okay, I think I was picked on a little bit. But from then on, I started counting how many times I got pulled over because I was persecuted for the name of Jesus. Actually, I had nothing to do with that. I uh, just happened to have a truck that was lowered and had some rims on it and tinted windows and a loud stereo system and a big ego. My dad always said I had a lead foot, and I think that it was probably true a little bit. And, um, but I want to talk to you about a speed trap. And uh, you guys all drove to church this morning, and you came down different various roads to get here. But if you came down from the north this way, coming up council this way, you'll notice that there was an elementary school about 250 yards that way. And uh, if you have never driven by the church between the time of 7.15 and 8 o'clock in the morning, you won't know what I'm talking about, but let me warn you in case you do. There is a cop that sits on a nice little motorcycle, and he sits between the dumpster where you can't see him if you're coming from that way, and the trees so you can't see him if he's coming from this way, and the speed drops to 25 because of the school. Is it 20? Drops to 20. It is a... He's got me. He's got me. Anyway, I, I've got it. I've got to tell you, I have not been pulled over in that area, amen. Because I take a different route. Because I saw him, <laughs> I just steer clear of the place. All right, it is wisdom beyond my years. All right, I come around Lake Overholster because it's easier. <laughs> but no, the cop sits right there, and I'm telling you, he wreaks havoc every morning. Every morning that Pastor Steve and I come to church, or if you drive by here, I can guarantee you that motorcycle cop has somebody somewhere pulled over for speeding in that speed zone. It is a speed trap. He waits till you're not paying attention. All right, I'm going to get real now. He waits till you're not paying attention and that you're going faster than you really think that you are, and then boom, he gets you. And I want to talk to you this morning about the speed trap of our life that we live in. And uh, what I believe happens is that the enemy waits until we're comfortable, going faster than we should. And he attacks us, and he pounces on us when we're feeling comfortable, when we feel like the speed we're going at is comfortable. That's when he attacks us. See, I hear it on a regular, regular basis, and I'm about to step on your toes. Is that all right? I hear it on a regular basis. I ask people all the time, hey, man, how you doing? You know what their response is? Man, I'm busy. Anybody ever said that? We've all, we're all guilty of that right there. Let me tell you something. The Lord's been convicting me of telling people that I'm busy. Because busyness in my mind has become a mindset that we live in and not a reality that we portray. Because, see, we're all busy. We all work jobs most of us have kids and wives and families. We have other responsibilities. We have things on the side. We have other things that we've got to do, and we're busy. And so it's very easy for us to say, oh, man, I'm just so busy. And what the problem is is that busyness has become an excuse to us. Because, therefore, if I want to do what you're asking me to do, I'm not busy to do it. But if I don't want to do what you're asking me to do, I'll tell you that I'm busy. I know nobody in this room does that to their friends, 
okay? I know that nobody uses their wife who just became pregnant as an excuse to not do things that he doesn't want to do. That does not happen. I understand that. I know those of y'all that have kids that go to bed at 8 o'clock slash 9.30 have to be leaving the party early to get home. I know that that never happens. But we become where we use busyness as an excuse to not do the things that we don't want to do. And uh, see... The problem is, is that we never have time to do what God wants, and we always have time to do what we want. And so what I, uh, what I started seeing is that people would ask me to do something, I'd say, oh, man, I just hadn't had the time to do it. Oh, man, I've just been so busy, I just hadn't had the time to do it. And one day, I was driving in the car with one of my leaders from the youth ministry, and we were going to get pizza, and he said, you know, I read something on Facebook that changed me. I said, okay, what was it? Tell me about it. He said, rather than telling somebody that we didn't have time to do it, what we should start saying is, you know what? You weren't a priority. Come on. It just got deep right there. Instead of me saying, hey, Tari, you know, I know you asked me to do that, but I didn't have time. I should say, hey, Tari, you know what? You weren't a priority because I had to watch a couple episodes of, because I had to go to the, because I was busy, it's basically saying, hey, you know what? You weren't a priority to me. The reality is, is that we have the time to do anything that we want to do. Anything that you want to do, you got time to do it. If somebody calls you and you want to go see the movie, guess what? All of a sudden, you got time to go see a movie. You're exhausted and you've been busy all week long, but you'll go see a 9 o'clock movie because you want to see the movie. But if at 9 o'clock you're pumping gas on your way home from a long day of work and God asks you to go talk to the person on the other side of the pump, you're busy right? You've been too busy. The week's been too long. You don't understand, Jesus, what I've gone through. Huh. My friend Aaron Palacios tells me all the time it's a good thing Jesus wasn't too busy to get on the cross. Aaron, you ain't ever heard that preached like that before, but he preaches it all the time. And it's a good thing that Jesus wasn't too busy. And I don't want to offend you this morning because I understand that we're all busy. That we've all got things going on in our life and that you're crazy busy. I understand that. But let me tell you something. No matter how busy you are, I can find somebody that's busier than you. I can find somebody that's putting in more time at work than you are. I can find somebody that has more kids than you got. I can find somebody that has less money than you are and they're working a part-time job trying to make the ends meet. I can find somebody in your life, no matter how busy you are, no matter you, whether you're the CFO or the CEO of a huge corporation, I can find somebody that's busier than you are. And so busyness has become an excuse to us. We just sit around and wait until we don't want to do something and we tell people that we're busy. But the problem is, that's okay. If you want to tell me you're too busy to go to lunch with me, that's fine. But if you tell Jesus you're too busy to have lunch with him, it becomes an issue. If you tell Jesus that you're too busy to feed his sheep, if you tell Jesus that you're too busy to minister to somebody, if you tell Jesus that you're just too doggone busy to do what he's asked you to do, that's when it becomes a problem in your life. See, I want to read a portion of scripture to you in Haggai. Chapter 1, verses 2 through 9. And I believe that it's going to convict us, and I'm going to preach like a youth pastor in 20 minutes. Amen? you got to understand, I deal with 30-second windows. Young people, TV has trained us to think in 30 seconds. If you're not changing every 30 seconds, pff, you're ignored. So I'm going to get through it quickly. 
so that you can get in your 20-minute episodes with 10 minutes of commercial. We'll call it good. Haggai chapter 1, verses 2 through 9. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word, word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house. So that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would convict us today through your word. God, let it be your word that is spoken this morning, God. And I pray that change would come about in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. See, that's a powerful portion of Scripture. As a matter of fact, I had never read that portion of Scripture until I started studying busy. And I just started Googling, right? It's it's scary day when you just Google something because you're always going to learn something. And I started Googling and researching the scripture on busy. And I read this scripture and I thought, man, this is absolutely apropos for this time that we're living in. That we're busy. That we're so busy. That we are so busy with what we have got to do. So I want to talk to you about, are you right busy? Are you correct busy? Do you have the correct busyness in your life? And so my first point to you today is a question. Is Jesus busy? Was Jesus, when he was here on this earth, when he walked the earth, just like you and I are walking the earth, was he busy? My, 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 my answer to that is, yes, absolutely, he sure was. I never read a time where he wasn't doing something, where he wasn't going to a certain place, where he wasn't on his way to this place or that place or he was teaching these. I mean, he was 12 years old sitting in the synagogues dumbfounding us that had been in the ministry for a long time. That's what he was doing. He was busy. But see, what I see is that he was never busy. See, I think we can learn something from Jesus because Jesus was always doing something, but he was never too busy to be interrupted by what God had for him, by what God needed him to do, by what God was asking him to carry out. See, what you got to understand is that somebody is waiting on you to give them freedom. See, we don't like to talk about that because it convicts us. See, we think that we come in the doors of the church and God just poof, drops freedom in. No, no, no. You come in the doors of the church and Tari's got a word for my Aunt Boo-Boo. And if Tari don't give the word to my Aunt Boo-Boo, my Aunt Boo-Boo's going to leave church not free. But see, we don't like to talk about that because that convicts us. And that means that you can't come sit in a pew. But I like sitting in my pew. I like coming at 11.35 so I don't have to greet anybody. And I like leaving at 12.40 so I don't have to talk to anybody because I'm busy. It's been a long week. I'm exhausted. I worked on Saturday. I worked overtime. My kids are driving me nuts. I just want to go home and watch some football. 
But you got to understand that somebody needs you to carry out what God's asking you to do so that they can receive from God what they need because it's wrapped up on the inside of you. And Jesus was never too busy to help somebody. Jesus was on his way to talk to somebody, to heal them because they were sick. And Jesus was interrupted. And I could see us being like, listen, you don't understand they're sick. I know we don't do that. But I could just see these ungodly people that don't live and don't go to Passion Church. It's everybody else. Says, you don't understand this girl's sick. No, no, no. He took time, went out of his way, did it, and the girl actually died. Jesus was interruptible. See, that's what Pastor Steve has talked to us about, that we got to work on our availability. Because, see, what we got to understand is that we've got to be available to him. Jesus is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit never comes on you if you don't want him to. If you don't open yourself up, he's not going to maneuver you like a puppet. He's not going to overwhelm you, and then you're going to wake up two days later going, what happened? It doesn't happen. God wants you to become available and make yourself available to him. Make yourself interruptible. When you're at work, I understand we got to go to work. If you figure out the secret not to go to work, tell me. I would like to know that secret. We could all become millionaires. Make money and not work. If you figure it out, let me know. But we all have to go to work because we've got to make money. And I want you to go to work. And we've all got to take care of our kids because they need to be taken care of. We are all doing things, but I'm asking you to make for sure that when you're going from point A to point B, that you're interruptible. So that if Jesus needs you to do something, you're open and willing and you can be obedient. Because if you never look up to God and say, hey, what do you want from me today? You ain't never going to hear him because he speaks in a still, small voice. And we get so busy that that still, small voice can't yell over the busyness of our life. So see, what I want you to do in your life is I want you to slow down. That's what my mama told me all the time when I was on probation in three different counties. I've changed people. This is when I was a kid, but I put childish ways behind me. Now I understand that if you go five over, they won't pull you over. I also understand that if you leave 10 minutes earlier, oh, we're not going to go there. I don't want to convict you or myself. But I want you to slow down in your life. I want you to take some time so that you can be interrupted, so that you can do the things that God's called you to do. You're not all called to minister from a pulpit like this, but all of you in your own life have a ministry pulpit that people are sitting and waiting on you to give them the word. What if I came to you today and said, you know what, I didn't study. See ya. Oh, somebody would be mad at me. Somebody would be a little too upset. What if I told you, you know what? Actually, I had a side job I was working on all week long, and I was there till 11 o'clock at night most nights. I had a men's retreat, and I went to my 10-year class reunion last night. So I didn't have time to prepare my sermon for you so you can just go home. Whew. I don't think that'd go over very well, Pastor Charles, because y'all came to hear the word. Y'all came to have an encounter with God, and there's people that are sitting in your audience in your church, waiting for you to bring them a word, and you say you're too busy, and you hadn't had time to prepare for them. That's good. So what I want you to do is I want you to, in that portion of Scripture, it said it twice, give careful 
thought to your ways. Give careful thought to the things that you are doing. So what I want you to do is I want you to think in your life and think about all the things that you do and figure out why am I doing them. Why am I doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing? Is it, am I doing them because they're the things that I want to do or am I doing them because that's what God wants me to do? Am I volunteering to be the football coach because God wants me to or because there's nobody else to do it? Because I think a lot of the times what we do is we get sucked into things. And we get sucked into things. Hey, Woody, you want to serve on this board? No, but yes. Hey, Woody, would you like to do this? No, but yes. And we get sucked into all of these things to the point where we're no longer correct busy. We're no longer right busy. And we're just busy. And we become overwhelmed. And we become tired. We become burnt out. And we hold up the do not disturb sign to Jesus because I'm tired and I'm busy. So I want you to give careful thought to your ways. See, the problem that I see, and I'm only 28, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but the problem that I see is that we let money control our life and our time. What we do is we buy cars we can't afford and live in houses that we don't have the money for, therefore it causes us to have to work day and night to be able to pay for them. Nobody likes it when we start talking about money, I understand, but I've got to talk about money because the, the society is trying to get you sucked into thinking about all you think about is money. All you think about is my car's nice, but I need a nicer one. I've got an extended cab truck, but I want a crew cab truck. I've got a 1,500 square foot home, and I want a 2,000 square foot home. I've got three bedrooms, but I want five. I've got a two-car garage, but I want three. I've got a bass boat, but I want a speedboat. It never changes no matter how much money you want. The society tells you you need more. And more does not ever satisfy you. Talk to all the millionaires that play football. The millionaires that have $5,000 a week cheesecake factory addiction. I don't know what that means. I've been to cheesecake and I could eat there every day, all day, and not spend $5,000, Tari. And I can eat a lot. But they spend money like it's going out of style. And what we do is we think, man, if I just had more money... See, but more money costs you something. More money will cost you your time. More money will cost you your wife. More money will cost you your husband. More money will cost you your kids, your family. It'll cost you everything you have. And my question is, is it worth it? See, another thing that's a mindset besides busyness is poverty. See, poverty has nothing to do with how much money you make. Poverty is a mindset. That's how come these people that live in poverty can win the lottery millions upon millions upon millions of dollars and they spend it in one year. Are you kidding me? All you had to do is take five million dollars that you want and put it in the bank. You never have to work the rest of your life. But no, instead, I got to go to Hawaii and I got to take a private jet and I've got to buy a one point two million dollar home and I'm still not happy. Because money never makes you happy. But we get caught up in these things that we've got to make more money. So I'm always seeking to get a bigger, better job. And bigger, better jobs cost time. That's what I'm talking to you about today is time. And I'm sorry that I'm worked up about it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But I see it as a downward spiral in America. And I want to change it. See, this is what I want you to understand. We're moving on to the next point. You got to possess your possessions. Don't let your possessions possess you. I want you to have a nice house. I want you to drive a nice car. 
But you got to live within your means. With the salary that you make. It's choices, people. It's choices that you make. And you got to decide what choices you can make. And live by those things so that you can possess your possessions. I own my car. My car doesn't own me. I own my house. My house doesn't own me. If I couldn't afford my house, I'd just go sell it to somebody else and move in something smaller. Not get a credit card. Dave Ramsey came out in me just a little bit. If you can't afford it, don't buy it. If you can't afford $600 a month, don't buy the car. If you can't afford $1,000 a month, don't buy the house. Sit down, count the cost. I'm 28, but I'm speaking like I'm 60 to you. And I hope that's all right with you. So see, the second thing I want you to understand is that Satan uses your busyness. See, <laughs> there are things that we all the time give credit to Satan about. And you guys understand he is a little puny just piece of garbage. All right, but we give him so much credit. Oh, Satan's making me so busy. Oh, he is not. No, he is not, man. Oh, Satan's just tearing me up today. I just don't know. No, he's not. He ain't doing nothing to you. You're doing it on your own, and he's going, ha, 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 I'm winning, you're losing, and I didn't even do anything. What we've done is we've made it too easy for the devil. We've made it too easy for the devil to use our time as an excuse to not do what God wants. And so Satan uses the busyness. I'm not telling you that Satan doesn't attack because Satan does attack. But I don't believe that Satan attacks in the area of our time. All he does is let the world present it to us and we fall by our own decisions. We fall by our own decisions and Satan just captivates on it. He just captivates on it, and it not only affects you, but it affects you, your loved ones, and everybody that you come in contact with. Not just the people you talk to, the people you come in contact with. Understand that Jesus most of the time did ministry on his way. He was walking down the road, and ministry happened. He was on his way to his job, and ministry happened. He was trying to make a meeting, and ministry happened. He was trying to go to church and ministry happened. And so what you got to understand in your life is that ministry is going to happen as you go. As you do your schedule. Ministry wants to take place, but are you going to be available? Are you going to be too busy to do what God is calling you to do? See, what I want to tell you is that a lot of us, and we've already talked about it, we're so busy because we hadn't learned the word no. We hadn't learned to look at our friends. We hadn't learned to look at our bosses and say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. It is an option, and I don't care about the promotion, so I'm going to let somebody else work on the weekend. You know why? Because my kids and my family are more important. You know why? Because my spouse is more important. You know why? Because I don't care about your money because my money comes from Jesus. It just happens to flow through you. So if Jesus wants me to give, give, me, give me a raise, guess what? You don't got a choice about it. Because he's going to give it to me one way or the other. And if you don't give it to me, then God will remove you and put somebody in so that they can give it to me. Because my source of income, it comes from God. 
We got to learn the word no. No is a powerful word. And for some reason, when we're little kids, I see it running around all the time. No. Get in the car. No. Makes me want to slap them. And I know I'm getting ready to embark on that journey because they know no very quick. But for some reason, we know it when we're a kid and we lose it as we grow older. When we're teenagers, we can't say no to temptation. When we're adults, we can't say no to our friends. When we're adults, we can't say no to money. Therefore, if you offer me a promotion, I'm going to take it because that's what I'm supposed to do. See, some of you have been offered promotions and you've taken them, but God told you not to. Uh, We got to learn to say no. We got to slow down or Satan will use our schedule to distract us so that we will not and cannot. Listen to me. When people tell me, hey, listen, I can't do that, I believe them. But the reason they can't do it is because their schedule, they made their schedule. You got choices. See, the portion of scripture that I read to you, it says, we will plant much and harvest little. I grew up in Kingfisher. There ain't nothing a farmer hates worse than to plant much and harvest little. We will eat but never have enough. We will drink but never have our fill. We will put on clothes but are not warm. We will earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. See, basically what it's saying is that we will work ourselves to death. And if it's not the right work, if it's not the right job, if it's not the right salary, it doesn't mean squat to us. Because we will put our money in purses with holes in it. And our money just goes away and goes away and goes away and goes away. We try to eat and eat and eat and we're never satisfied. We try to drink and drink and drink and we're never full because we're not doing the things right. Because we're, nev- we're not letting Jesus set up our schedule. We're making our own schedule. And we've all been given free will so Jesus lets you. Jesus is never going to force anything on you. He's going he's to ask you to ask him. Hey, Jesus, what do you want me to do this weekend? Ooh, now that's powerful. My, my, my teenagers and college students say, no, that's powerful. Jesus, what do you want me to do? Hey, Jesus, I got Tuesday night off. What would you like me to do? No, I don't do that. I say, listen, I got Tuesday night off. You bother me, and I will kill you. I'm going to sit on my couch. I'm going to watch me some reruns of whatever you watch. Biggest Loser, whatever you want to watch, it doesn't matter. But I'm going to watch me some reruns, and I'm going to eat me a whole bag of Cabin Crunch cereal. Don't mess with me on Tuesday night. Sorry, I heard that the lady did that on the radio. She watched Biggest Loser and ate a whole bag of Cabin Crunch. I'm impressed. I bet you her roof or her mouth was sore the next day. <sighs> you know what I'm talking about. Brad knows. If you eat a lot of Cabin Crunch, you're going to be sore the next day. It's a good cereal, but it's rough on the mouth. All right, moving on. I don't know where that came from. You guys got to get up here one day and see what this feels like. Because my mind is going everywhere else. There was no point in me telling you that story. It's just my mind thought about it, and I wanted to get it out of my head. That's really it. You should see. You plan all these notes and all of this stuff, and then when you're up here, you know you're supposed to go down this path. But your path is going that way and this way and this way and that way. And if one of you smiles at me the wrong way, I'll just fall down on the floor. (laughs) Or if you give a bad illustration about unity on a Wednesday night, 
people will lose it. We're not going to go there. I'm going to talk to you about the third point. It's all right to have fun in the house of God, ain't it? All right. See, my question, my third point to you is, are you busy with your house? Are you so busy building your own house, building your own family, gaining more income, that you forget to build his house? See, because understand that the portion of scripture I read to you says that what you brought home, I blew away. I being God. What you brought home, God blows away. And then the question, I love when the Bible answers the question because it means that I don't have to think about it. It says, and why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with your own house. See, what we got to remember is that Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 tells us that if we will seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, that he will give us all of those things that we need. See, because the lilies lay in the, in the, in the ponds and they don't toil. And yet not all, of, not all of Solomon and all of his splendor is dressed like one of them. The birds of the air, they don't sit around and worry about how they're going to get food. Yet God provides for them. And the scripture says, are you not more important to my God? than a lily, than a bird? And the answer is, yes, you are. Yes, you are more important than those things. And yet we concern ourselves about them from the day we turn, whatever age you turned, and you started worrying about it. You started worrying about all of the things that we have to do, all of the things that I have to accomplish, all the things that I want to accomplish. And we start worrying ourselves with those things. But it says that if we will seek first his kingdom. That will he not give us all of those things that we need. See, it does no good to busy yourself building your house if you're not concerned with God's house. Because it will only be a house of cards. Because he will come in and and when God does you know it. See, and I think a lot of the times I'm, I'm getting ready to step in your grill and then I'm going to have the worship team come and I'm going to dismiss you. See, a lot of the times what we do is we give Satan credit for things that we did. We give Satan credit for something that God came in your life and did. Oh, no, I lost my job, stupid Satan. No, 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 God made you lose your job because your job was more important than he was. <laughs> See, nobody likes to hear that. Nobody likes to hear that God will come in and blow your house down, blow your possessions down, cause your kids to get in trouble, cause your marriage to not work. See, but if you're busy building your house and you're not concerned about building his house, God will come in and mess up what you're doing. As a matter of fact, what I believe is that God will come and stand in your way. And if you try to go on and start your own business and God's standing in your way, you will not succeed. You will go in a lot of debt and have to file bankruptcy. If God's standing in your way, you're not going to be able to accomplish the things that you're wanting to accomplish. And you're grinding yourself to death and you're working against God. And 
God's saying, are you worried about my house? Are you thinking about the house that I want you to build? Or are you only concerned with your own personal house? Are you only concerned with your own family? Or are you looking up occasionally? I'm not asking you all the time. I'm asking you occasionally to look up and say, God, what house do you want me to work on today? See, and when we're concerned about his kingdom and his house, it's not talking about this place. Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about this place. I'm not preaching a sermon telling you to volunteer. I'm not preaching a sermon telling you that you got to sing on the worship team, although you should. What I'm telling you is that the house of God is him, him, her, her. You, you are the house of God. It says that you're the temple. And if you're not busy building up that house, God's not going to let you build your house. Man, I feel the anointing today. We've got to slow down and think about some people. Catherine, if you'll come. See, what we do is we get so busy that we miss God. And that's all right if you want to be busy and miss God for yourself. That's your choice. You can suffer the consequences. What I want to reveal to you today is that some of you are so busy, you're missing God for others. Listen, other people are dying and going to hell. And we could care less because I'm busy. People we go to work with every single day are struggling way more than we are. Their marriage is falling apart. Their kids are disobedient. They're so addicted to whatever you want to call it. They can't even look up. We just walk on by. Hey, man, how you doing? Uh, good, good. I don't ever pay attention to the house that God wants us to build. Because God's got a plan for you. He didn't save you for you. He saved you for others because he needs you. Because he needs you to be his hands, his feet, his voice. He needs you to be the light of the world. He needs you to be the salt of the earth. See, and that's twofold. Because see, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you can't be the light of the world. You can't be the salt of the earth. You can't help somebody else. You can't minister to somebody else. So this message requires you to do two things. One is that you got to get in right relationship with Jesus. I understand you have a relationship with Jesus. But is it a right one? Is it a correct one? Are you spending time with him? Are you talking to him? Do you ask him about the decisions that you're making or do you just make the decisions and ask him to line up with them? See, we no longer say, God, your will be done in my life here on earth as it is in heaven. No, we say, God, you make your will line up with what I'm doing because I'm walking down this path and I'm going to buy that house. I'm going to have this job. I'm going to have four kids. I'm going to have this many. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And God, I'm asking you to bless it. Now, see, that's wrong. That's wrong. You got to say, God, how many kids do you want me to have? Those of you that are younger, God, who do you want me to marry? See, and some of us older ones, we need to ask God, are we in the right job? Are we doing what you want me to do? Or am I doing what I want to do? Stand to your feet with me.
See, I don't want you to be busy to be busy. I don't want you to be busy because that's what you're supposed to do. I want you to be the right busy. I want you to be busy with the right things at the right time with the right people. Because God can use you, but not if you've made yourself too busy. Lord Jesus, this morning, God, I know that every single person that... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 